Your city, your city, your station, your station, your Lakers, your Lakers. Lakers talk is on. Is on. As the Lakers figure out the offseason, one thing's for sure, LeBron is not getting any younger. Every player on the roster you have to look at and say, does this player help us win right now at this moment? Does it give us a chance to try and get another championship in LeBron James's window? Lakers talk continues on 710 ESPN. Because that's what your franchise is right now. LeBron James' window is right now. Here's Alan Sliwa. Alan Sliwa. All right, uh, one hour in the books. Actually, I'm way over on one hour. Um, I, I had to take those calls. You know, I feel like uh, I like I almost owed Laker fans calls. Um, you know, sometimes we're doing the show in the morning. We get into topics, subjects. We have the cases. Lakers talk. This is why it's built. So uh, we'll take more of your phone calls once we're done with top NBA stories. So this is the first story I want to get into here. So the Clippers advance. They make it to the second round. I was reading uh, titles uh, yesterday uh, that were very frustrating to me. Very frustrating. <laughs> uh, I'm not saying that the Clippers didn't advance. They did. I'm not saying that they shouldn't get credit. They should get credit. By the way, I'm not one of those. I'm a. Am I a bitter Laker fan? Yeah, I am. Uh, do I want the Clippers to lose? Yes, I do. I can't really fully explain it to you why, but I, I just don't want them to win. But I'm also going to give credit where credit's due. Um, credit is not due after the Clippers win one round of the playoffs. They went seven games against the Dallas Mavericks. How did they go seven games against the Dallas Mavericks? Listen, can you make the argument? Hey, Al, it's impressive. Remember, they were down two games to none. They lost the first two games at Staples Center. Then they came back, they won two in a row at Dallas. Then they dropped the third one back at Staples Center. They came back and won two more in a row. So they won four of their last five games. Yeah, you should be impressed with the Clippers. Why would I be impressed with the Clippers? How do you go seven games against the Dallas Mavericks in the first round? And I'm not saying Luka Doncic is not arguably the best player in the world because that's actually, I think, a conversation we should be having. Not, is he the best player under age 25? No, no. Luka's in the conversation as the best player in the world, period. That's how good he was. That's how good he is. Um, He was, uh, you know... A couple average players away from beating the Los Angeles Clippers in the first round. So why should I be giving the Clippers credit? I mean, there's stories out there that the Clippers, um, I don't know, it, they they respond in the playoffs. And like, I don't know, what are we doing here? They survived. That's all the Clippers did. They survived in round one of the playoffs. This shouldn't have been a seven-game set against the Mavs. So why should I be giving the, the Los Angeles Clippers credit for getting out of round one when they were dodging other teams this is the matchup that they wanted and I'd even give them criticism for that I was actually mentioning when they were losing some of those games toward the end of the season they wanted to avoid the Lakers I just said listen this happens more than you think in all the sports and there were a lot of teams trying to avoid the Lakers in the first round Clippers got the matchup they wanted and it took them seven games to win that first round so um, I'm not one to sit here and tell everybody how impressed I am with the Clippers uh, they don't get any respect until they earn it. So let me put it this way. If you look at the Western Conference right now, the most talented team left in the Western Conference is the Clippers. On paper, that's the most talented team left in the Western Conference. That's my opinion. 
That's if you take every star that's remaining, you look at the depth that these players have, who's got the two the two uh, biggest stars you could say, okay, what team can actually play defense? They got good shooters. Clippers have the best roster left in the Western Conference. In order to give respect to a team, they have to accomplish something that they weren't supposed to accomplish, or they got to get to a point where maybe the franchise has never got to before. So what I'll say this about the Clippers, I'll, I'll keep it simple here. Getting out of the first round, you're not going to churn heads. You go beat the Utah Jazz, who has home court advantage, had the best record in the NBA, you'll churn heads a little bit because for the first time your franchise will have got past the second round. And then you go take care of the team that's waiting for you in the Western Conference Finals, whether that's the Phoenix Suns or the Denver Nuggets, you'll churn a little bit of heads because now for the first time in your franchise history, you got to the NBA Finals. And you know what? If you got to the NBA Finals and you lost in the Finals because you played the Brooklyn Nets, okay, that's a respectable season. That's a good season. But getting out of this whole first round thing and everybody talking about the Clippers uh, uh, surpassing this and the playoff woes that they had, you could erase it. And their demons have been vanished. I'm like, what what are we talking about here? What have they accomplished? They haven't done anything. So, as you can tell, I wasn't uh, too crazy about these side stories for the Clippers. By the way, can I also say this? Yesterday, I was doing a, uh, I did a TV hit with CBS KCAL and Jim Hill on his show that he does, Sports Central. I walk into the studio, 8176 Dallas up. I'm ready to start cheering here. You know, they were down eight at halftime. And by the time, you know, I, I get to the studio, whatever the case is, uh, Dallas was down eight, they're up five. So I'm thinking in my head, we got this. You know, I became the biggest Dallas Mavericks fan, for those who don't know. And then they go on a, what, 24-4 to run. I'm like, all right, this thing is over. So now I turn my attention. Now I'm a big Utah Jazz fan. I've always been a Utah Jazz fan. Uh, they're my second favorite team in the NBA now. All right, um, real quick on Luka. What did Luka prove in the series? Luka was just amazing, man. I, I don't know what else to say. I know people are going to find things to kind of say about him and they say, well, he's not a two-way player, and you can't say this is a top-five guy when he only plays one side. For I, I know we could all we could do that. We could do that for days. Luka's an amazing, amazing, amazing basketball player. He did more with the Mavs than 99% of the league players can do. You take, take James Harden, throw him on the Mavs, he's not taking the Clippers to seven games. There's a lot of players you could handpick that are superstars in the league, and you put them on the Dallas Mavericks. They're not taking the Clippers to seven games. I thought Luka was amazing. You know, not only is Luka, I, I mentioned this a little bit earlier when we have conversations of top 25 players under 25, get that dude out of that category. He's not in that category. Uh, if he can just get a little help in Dallas, um, he could probably do some special things there over the years, but that's a fantastic player that dominated that series. And he was dominating players left and right. Uh, he'll dish out 14 assists like it's nothing. He'll drop 40-plus points in a game. Pretty damn amazing what Luka did. Um, okay, let's continue in our top NBA stories. So I started doing some notes before the show, and the notes I had was, can the Bucks screw this up? This to me was... I can't tell you guys how much I was looking forward to the Bucks and the Brooklyn Nets in the second round matchup. I thought this was a great matchup. And then I see, you know, I'm listening to the radio broadcast, the local broadcast uh, on the NBA app. This was on Saturday. They're playing game one. And I learned that James Harden's out after the first minute of the game. 
And I'm like, oh my gosh, what an opportunity for the Bucks! Bucks are going to at worst, at worst, split this series by the time they go back to Milwaukee. Well, not only did the Bucks not split the series, they're down 0-2. And let's go ahead and just take a quick look at the scores of the first two games between the Bucks and the Nets. Saturday, Bucks lost only by eight, but they were down by a lot more than that. And then uh, earlier today, they lost 125 to 86 to the Brooklyn Nets. I don't know if this says more about the Nets or it says more about the Bucks. I, I really, really thought Bucks were going to give this series a fight. I didn't think they'd beat the Brooklyn Nets, but you'd think they'd give them a fight. And then James Harden's out for two games, virtually two games, right? Played one minute in the other game. And they are nowhere to be found in this series. So either Brooklyn is unfreaking believable, and when James Harden comes back, just call it a wrap and hand them the NBA championship, or the Bucks just have no heart, no chemistry, no fight. I don't know how to explain it, but I was not expecting that this series was going to be so lopsided. Um, they lose by 39 points against the Brooklyn Nets in Game 2. So there goes my predictions. Okay, I want to get into another top NBA story here real quick. You guys watching Trey Young? Anybody watching Trey Young around the NBA? I know we're Laker fans here. By the way, there are certain Laker fans that I think this is how it goes for some Laker fans because I asked Laker fans this. If you just stop watching the playoffs altogether, you don't want anything to do with any of the NBA. I'm not like that at all. I love the NBA, so I'm going to watch these games. You know, you try to watch good basketball, respect what certain teams are doing. And I'm going to put the Clippers in that category. Even though I want the Clippers to lose every game, um, I'm still going to watch games, period. I'm still going to watch some of these games. So I'm finding myself watching Trey Young in that first round against the New York Knicks. Fantastic. Just controls the game, talking you-know-what, bowing to Madison Square Garden and telling them, hey, we appreciate you coming for the show, but the show is over. You could start the offseason in New York. I mean, cold-blooded has Trey Young been. And then they go to Philadelphia yesterday. I had the game on, kind of in the background, running some errands, and um, found myself glued to the TV set again, watching Philly and Atlanta. Listen, I, I know I know Atlanta almost blew that lead, and I fully expect Philly to come back tomorrow and kind of handle business, tie the series up 1-1, and I still think Philly wins this series. But damn, it's impressive what Trey Young's doing. Trey Young and Luka, remember, they were traded on draft night for each other, and so much of the conversation was what a lopsided deal that was. Not that lopsided anymore. Trey Young is having an incredible playoffs, and this is the first time he's ever been in the playoffs, so he's been fun to watch. Uh, Trey Young, um, you know, obviously almost becoming must-watch TV in the playoffs. That's how good he's been. Okay, final NBA story I want to get into, and then after this we'll start getting back into Lakers basketball. Nuggets, Suns. So it's 58-57 at the half. Nuggets have a one-point lead. Um, it's a good series. Actually, I, I really like these Western Conference matchups. The Jazz Clippers is a good series. I remember telling Michael when we were uh, during the season during one of the pregame shows, I was like, Michael, imagine if that's the matchup. That's a nice matchup. I mean, that's That could very well be a seven-game set. So that's a good one. And then this one's intriguing. Denver and Phoenix. Denver obviously trying to do it without Jamal Murray, and that's kind of been the conversation. How are they able to do it without him? Really, they're able to do it simply because of Jokic. So if you have to ask me uh, you know, who I'm going for in this, it's kind of easy. I'm going for the Denver Nuggets. I don't know. Phoenix kind of rubbed me the wrong way 
not only did they take out the Lakers, but they kind of ran ran their mouth there towards the end. So I'll go for the Denver Nuggets, but a lot of these matchups I think are going to be fantastic in the NBA, so we'll keep an eye out on that. All right, coming up next, this is what I want to do. Laker fans, um, there are a number of players that you kind of have some question marks about this upcoming offseason. So I'm just going to throw this out to Laker fans. I'm going to give my opinion on this. Who do you want to see stay? Who do you not mind if they go? So think of all these Laker players that are are, are either going to be unrestricted free agents or maybe they have a um, they have a clause in their contract they could opt out. What Laker players do you want to see stay on this roster? Put Anthony Davis, LeBron James on the side. What what players that were part of this past season are you fine with saying, hey, if they don't come back, that's fine by me. We'll do that coming up next. Phone number is 877-710-ESPN. If you've been on hold for a while, I'm going to get to you right when we come back. So thank you for uh, being patient with me. Uh, stay right here. This is uh, Lakers Talk on 710 ESPN. 10 seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships, your skills, your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? <laughs> Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash network. I appreciate you guys being a part of the show. The first Lakers talk of the offseason. Damn it, Steve. Damn it. Uh, did not think that would be happening, obviously, this early, but this is the reality of the Lakers. Let me uh, squeeze in a quick uh, quick couple of phone calls here, and we'll continue uh, our conversation about the Lakers. Um, I'm going to get into players that uh, I'd like to see stay on the roster, and then some players that, you know, either way, I think the Lakers can live without. So I'll do that. You guys can... Uh, uh, give me your thoughts on what players you'd like to see stay as well. 877-710-ESPN. We've had a couple callers been on hold for a while here, so let me get to them here real quick. Anthony in L.A. Anthony, what's going on? Yo, what's up, Slee? How you doing, man? Good, man. Thank you. Appreciate you calling in. Hey, G. So my main concern, honestly, this year was the coaching. Mm-hmm. You know, for the Lakers to be as bad of a free-throw shooting team as they were, totally unacceptable. You know, and, uh, you know, you kind of need a vocal coach. I like Frank Vogel, but, you know, you kind of need a coach to get up on the younger players, you know, as far as Kuzma, Caruso. You know, you need to have a coach in your ear, you know, consistently. And I just feel that, you know, Vogel this year was looked a little lax, looked a little timid to say certain things. And, uh, you know, the, the Lakers shooting was just too bad, really bad. Well, I, I, listen, Anthony, and I appreciate you calling in. Um, I, I think there's certain things that you can point at the coach. I, I think you could look at rotations. I think you know one of the arguments that I think a lot of Laker fans were making, and I could make this argument too in the postseason, it's like we really didn't use Montrez Harrell at all. Well, Montrez Harrell was pretty much our offseason money. Why did we bring in Montrez Harrell if we weren't going to use him? You can make the argument say, well, you got Andre Drummond in the buyout market, so now you're going to use Andre Drummond. You still got Marcus Gasol, so there's other pieces that you could have there. But I think rotations you could have questioned. I think certain players that got playing time, certain players that didn't get playing time you could question. But ultimately, I'll say this, Anthony. 
I don't care who you had. I don't care who should have got more PT. I don't care about any of that stuff if you're not healthy. So if we were going through this championship run, and let's say the Lakers, let's say Anthony Davis was healthy, and they got they, they have a Game 7 against Phoenix, and there's critical plays, and the series is going back and forth, and coach made poor decisions that impacted a game, I would uh, maybe take more along the lines of what you're saying. But we never got to that point. You know, um, Mario had put this great promo together, and I think you guys have heard it running on the station. Um, you heard LeBron, and I heard it because LeBron is saying it there, they never got it together. Like, they'll, they'll never get a chance to see if the team that they had, if this team was going to be enough to make it happen uh, because they never had that opportunity. All right, a couple more phone calls here. Chris and Torrance. Chris, what's going on? You're on Lakers Talk. Hey, Salih. Thank you for taking my call, man. I really appreciate it. Long-time listener. You got it, man. Hey, so I just want to say my original point when I when I first called was you're mentioning that we need someone who's bona fide, someone who's been in the Third star. Yep. I think I think DeMar DeRozan, my man, is the best guy out there. He's had some slumps recently. He, I know he's out there in San Antonio. They don't like doing business with us, but honestly, who cares about them? They're, they're not winners right now. Uh, we need to win now, like you said, and I think that the young guys are cool, but we really need that, that bona fide star, that second guy, that third guy to take the ball out of LeBron's hands, and I think DeMar DeRozan is the perfect fit for the Pre- Lakers. Appreciate you calling in, and, and let, let me tell you why I brought up DeMar DeRozan. I brought him up uh, not because I was bored. I brought him up because he's an unrestricted free agent, So, and then when I mentioned Kyle Lowry, that's an unrestricted free agent. Listen, I, I don't know what these guys are going to get. And, you know, you can very easily, easily get a team that, that has cap space to go overplay, overpay for these players. The question is going to come down to what's their priority? What are they interested in? But I, I agree with you. When I when I say Lakers need another star, I'm not talking about a top 10 player in the NBA because that's not realistic. I'm not talking about a top 20 player in the NBA because I don't think that's realistic. But can you get into that a guy that's been an all-star in the past at some point? guy that's been in the league for a long time, a veteran that's been around for a while, uh, somebody that uh, doesn't worry about the moment or any of that stuff. Can you imagine, I mean, just using that as an example, Kyle Lowry is your third best player on your team or DeMar DeRozan is your third best player. It's a, um, that's what I'm referring to as the Lakers when I say they got to be more top heavy. That That's what I mean by it. I had a caller call earlier and talk about how THT can take such a bigger, a much larger role next season. To be honest with you, um, it's tough for me to fathom any of that stuff because LeBron is going into his 19th season. Are you going to depend on young players coming into this upcoming year? Kuzma is a good example. Kuzma has been one of those players the Lakers have been developing for a while, and I think it's safe to say the dude never panned out to being the third best player on the Lakers team or anything like that. Maybe our expectations were unfair uh, and, I, and I respect what Kuzma has been trying to do. Kuzma basically took the role of, hey, I'm on a championship team. I'm going to do anything you guys ask me to do. But I think we're at a point coming into next year where it's going to be all about stacking up your roster as best as you can. If it's top heavy, who cares? Make it top heavy. If you got to go get veterans that you know maybe plays a little bit more similar to what the Lakers had last season, I'd rather take my chances under uh, under those circumstances. By the way, I didn't even get into um, players that I'd like to see stay. I'm such a big fan of Alex Caruso. 
I cannot tell you how, how big of a fan I am of Caruso, who, by the way, was also injured in Game 6 and couldn't go in the second half. Um, but he's one of my favorite players on this Lakers roster because I, I think you always need players like that to win championships. Uh, KCP I'm a big fan of, too. Guy just couldn't you know, get into a consistent rhythm, but still got kind of faith in that guy because we've seen him do it before. Uh, those are a couple of guys that I would say that it'd be nice to see back after that, to be honest with you, um, you know, if I, I don't, I think Montrez Harrell, there's going to be a good chance that he opts out of his contracts. I mean, why, why wouldn't he? First of all, he's going to go try to get a long-term deal. That's number one. And number two, Lakers didn't even use him for really the, the, the big portion of the end of the season and in the playoffs. Dennis Schroeder, I have no idea what that guy's going to do. You know, I've kind of heard him say everything in these press conferences about wanting to run it back, but you know, he also is somebody that really wants to test free agency. Maybe there's going to be a team out there that says, hey, here's the money. Uh, we have the cap space. Just come sign with us and you'll get paid. Uh, we'll find out what some of those priorities are, but I don't think Dennis Schroeder is a must. You know, uh, you got to do everything you possibly can to get that that guy back in the offseason. I think that's a, you know, kind of a, that's not a must. Um, Wesley Matthews, I like Wesley Matthews. He didn't pan out. Um, Marcus All was okay. I think once Andre Drummond came, I think I, I heard more support for, uh, definitely heard more support for Gasol than I than I heard in the past. Um, quick shout out here. Valvoline Instant Oil Change, home of the 15-minute drive-through oil change. One of our uh, sponsors here on Lakers Talk. Valvoline Instant Oil Change, uh, go to SoCalOilChange.com for locations and coupons today. By the way, if you go on the website, uh, if you need to go or you're planning, uh, planning to go to Valvoline Instant Oil Change, make sure you go on the website. They have all these coupons on there that you could text yourself, uh, you could print out, whatever the case is, but get a discount while you go in there. So uh, you can make sure to do that. Um, when we come back, uh, we'll take more of your phone calls. We'll kind of continue to have this conversation. Players you want to see stay, players that you'd be okay with leaving. We'll do that coming up next. Uh, this is Lakers Talk on 710 ESPN. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Yeah, I think when it comes to roster building, um, you guys know we've been very collaborative. Um, Anthony Davis and LeBron James are championship pillars of this franchise for years to come. And, of course, they're going to be um, involved in, in how we build our roster, how we have built our roster. Both ba great basketball minds um, and, and Frank as well. Um, I think the cohesiveness and making these decisions between your star players, the head coach and the front office is really important. And that'll continue to be our process uh, going forward. Uh, I felt comfortable, you know, this year and last year. And I think our uh, organization, Rob, Kurt, front office, uh, leans on me and Brown a lot um, to have our input in those decisions. So, you know, when the time is right, when everybody kind of, you know, get over this dark cloud that's over us because we didn't end the season how we wanted. 
you know, we'll have those conversations. Uh, we let guys have a time to reflect on their season and on their future. And we'll, you know, get together uh, as an organization and, and figure out what we want to do to get better. All right, that was Rob Palenka, and then it was Anthony Davis. When the dust settles, I, we're already ready. I'm already, I'm already talking about next season, off-season acquisitions, players who are unrestricted, unrestricted free agents. As you can tell here in LA, uh, for Laker fans, we don't we don't wait very long. We get uh, we get right back into it. Uh, let's take a couple phone calls here. Let's go to uh, Rick in LA. Rick, thank you for calling in, bud. You're on Lakers talk. What's going on, Rick? Hey, I, I love you letting us put on our GM hat tonight. So we all got to throw it on. We all we all got to throw it on. What do you got there? I love it. I love it. Well, we got to keep THT because that that guy's a baller. He's a baller in training. He played good. Uh, I'm off of the Cools train. I'm looking to shop him. I'm looking for uh, Gasol. Gasol's out of here, uh, hopefully. And we we need some new heat. We need some guys that can make a jump shot. Mm -hmm. I would love to uh, uh, bring DeRozan back. He's an LA guy. Uh, he might be somebody we can lure here because he's a Kobe fan. But ultimately, we got to get Kuzma out of here. Caruso used to be good. I, I don't know. Maybe he got a playoff championship hangover or something. Um, and we need some shooters. We need some guys who can who can hit a bucket. I hear J.J. Redick, but, you know, J.J. may not come this way. But I would love to get a guy that can t hit, a, hit a jumper. What do you guys think? Appreciate it, man. Thank you for calling in. Well, uh, let, let me just kind of throw out some of the names that uh... – that are going to be available, and thanks for calling in, bud. Um, so I said DeMar. I know, uh, I know. let's see, Victor Oladipo will be unrestricted free agent. He's coming off his injury. Tim Hardaway Jr. is ridiculous with Dallas. He's uh, unrestricted free agent. Of course, Schroeder we know about. Evan Fournier, uh, Danny Green. Um, J.J. Redick is unrestricted free agent. Patty Mills is an unrestricted free agent. We're going to have some players out there. Uh, but, you know, I, I kind of said this earlier, and I'll, I'll say it again. I think what's so important for the Lakers is that you're going to have to be top-heavy. And and let me say this, too. I'm a fan of some of the youth that the Lakers have, but there's a priority in my mind that you can't be looking two, three years down the road. I just don't think you can if you're the Lakers. How can you? Because two, three, two, three years down the road, uh, LeBron James and the team's going to be completely different anyways. Even if you decide you're going to build around Anthony Davis, obviously after LeBron hangs it up, or at one point hopefully Anthony Davis surpasses LeBron as the best player obviously on the team and hopefully the best player in the world, um, everything's going to look different anyways. So it's it's really, really difficult, I think, to look big picture right now. If you thought the Lakers had to go in the last couple of years, think about next year. There's uh, All this season was was one less opportunity to get a championship under LeBron's window. Uh, Charles in Silver Lake. Charles, what's going on? What's up, Sliwa? Happy Monday. Thank you, buddy. Appreciate it. Uh -huh. good, let me first say this, Charles. How many good eating spots are there in Silver Lake? Um, there are a handful. There are a handful. It depends on what you like. But. <laughs> all right, what do you got there, bud? <laughs> Um, I just wanted to get your thoughts on THT. Um, when he was getting an opportunity and mm -hmm. getting some minutes to touch the ball, uh, people were talking that when he is uh, a free restricted free agent this summer, that teams are going to come with a big contract. Sure. Are you still concerned about that happening, even though his uh, minutes have kind of gone down? Yeah, it's a good question, and I uh, thank you for calling in, all right? Um, 
It's a good question because he really didn't get all that many. If you want to make a case for any player that should have got more playing time against the Phoenix Suns, the style Phoenix plays in, the up and down that they want to go, they want to fire threes. THT should have been playing more minutes. Um, I wonder if, uh, you know, because of his youth, obviously not a big part of the rotation, teams are going to come, they're going to try to, two things are going to happen. Because he's a restricted free agent, Teams are going to throw money. First, they're going to throw money at THTs because they'd love to have them on their team. Maybe they have a really young roster and they're trying to grow whatever roster that is, and they're not in a hurry for him to develop right away. They could develop with other young players. That's one reason why they're going to do it. The other reason why they're going to do it is because they want to see the Lakers have to spend some money on that guy. So, listen, I'm a fan of THT, but I'm going to tell you my priority, the way I look at this upcoming season the priority is very simple. The priority is win right now. So if there's anybody on this roster that that you don't feel like kind of fit, fits that mold, um, I'm give you a perfect example. When the Lakers were trying to get Kyle Lowry, I think THT was the that was the breaking point for the Lakers. That hey, we're not throwing in THT for Kyle Lowry, who by the way was going to be a you know free agent and. You were only going to kind of have him for a couple of months, so you'd be giving away such a valuable asset if you were going to do it. Um, and the Lakers decided that they weren't going to do it. It was one thing I think not to make moves like that last season. Uh, plus, you know, you were a team that was kind of a little bit all over the place. You weren't healthy. Nothing was going right all season. It's one thing to make moves like that, not make moves like that last year. But I think this upcoming season, I think it's a different story. Let me let me tell you guys what I mean by this. Okay. Um, the Lakers right now, let me kind of look at next season for the Lakers. It could be your final, the best chance, the, the final best chance you have with LeBron James. It's tough to plan for the future when your best chance at number 18 is going to be next season. I don't need to go into what year LeBron James is. We know, okay, 19 seasons. Um, Lakers are not that far off from, I think, being a championship team. Like, I really don't think. I think it's a couple tweaks here and there, and they could be right back in the mix. But you don't have that many chances left with LBJ. You never know when it could end. Um, Palenka has been incredibly smart with his assets up to this point. I really think he has. I think he's – this is not the type of GM or president where – you feel like he just makes moves because he feels pressure or he just wants to keep his job. No, no, he's been very patient too. But I think you got to start pushing all those assets towards the center of the table. Um, I I just don't know how much you could think about tomorrow because right now is so important. Uh, From the way I kind of look at things, as much as I love and value some of these younger players on this Lakers team, if you can go get the vet that you're looking for, if you go get that third star on your team for this upcoming season, and I say upcoming, we got a long way to go, I don't know how you could turn it down or turn it down. And when I hear Rob say that he's going to, you know, they're very collaborative with Anthony Davis and with LeBron James. When I hear Anthony Davis on being kind of a part of that process, uh, these guys know it. I mean, everybody knows it. You're only going to have so many shots before uh, before it's all said and done. Uh, at least for LeBron James, and that might be a couple years from now, but you obviously can't let uh, a year get wasted. Okay, uh, when we come back, I'll take more of your phone calls, and I also want to get into um, one of the things that I think has been interesting that maybe we didn't spend a ton of time on. 
Can AD, can Anthony Davis be the best player on this team? How much longer is it going to be until Anthony Davis is the best player on this team? And I bring that up because the the pressure on LeBron James every single year as he gets older, it's almost unfair how much we ask of him to do. And I've kind of predicted this the last two years, and I'm 0 for 2. That AD was going to be the best player on the Lakers, and when I what I was trying to explain was I know Anthony Davis or I know LeBron James is the best player and most valuable, but Anthony Davis will kind of start putting more and more on his shoulders, and that has not been the case for the first two years. So we'll talk about that coming up next. Uh, stay right here, Lakers talk on 710 ESPN. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Yeah, I think there was, um, you know, a, a pretty consistent theme that, um, you know, our players believe in our approach and our process and our preparation and our way of doing things, you know, what our culture is about um, and a belief that, uh, you know, we wanted to do better battling through the uh the adversity of the injuries that we we dealt with um but at the end of the day it was too much to overcome and uh, you know that we're hopeful to have another chance to bring it back with the same group next year all right we'll see if that's the case uh we've had that conversation so friday just the the way this kind of all went down so thursday after the lakers lost to phoenix in game six season ends friday lakers had their exit interview so we had opportunity on these zoom calls to you know obviously listen ask questions Felt like that came up a lot. The opportunity to kind of run it back. Um, I got a couple quotes here that I want to read, and and you know, a, a lot of it is, I think, a team that's obviously surprised of the predicament, the situation, but at the same time, um, you know, this is also a, a squad that thinks. I'll read kind of a couple of these here. This is from Palenka. We feel like the roster we had this year was a championship-caliber roster, and obviously there were a lot of things that came into the mix beyond our control that kept us from winning a championship. Coach Vogel, we believe in the group we had this year. We would love the opportunity to run it back full strength. Um, What's another one that I – Jared Dudley on how things played out. couple tweaks, and we'll be right back at it. Dennis Schroeder in his exit interview, I'll take my chances when everybody is healthy. This year wasn't the year. So – you know, you have obviously still a lot of optimism from a lot of these guys, and I gave my overall thoughts on the season. It's weird because typically when your team loses, team that you root for, you know, you got obviously a lot of passion for, and you're you're incredibly upset, and you're finding, especially a team coming off an NBA championship. But I don't know, I didn't really find myself as upset at the front office or at the players. Usually, when you lose, you want to blame someone specifically. And I don't think this year ended like that. You know, it was nobody's fault. Lakers didn't have their health. And I, I do think that ultimately was the difference of winning a championship and not. So it's just kind of keeping it as simple as that. Now, do I think that the Lakers can just throw the same back, same team back this upcoming season and, and try it again? I don't know how comfortable I'd be with that. I, I really don't. I'm, I'm not that comfortable with the Lakers... Um, 
just saying, hey, let's start over and uh, let, let's let's keep the same team and run it back. And, and that's because I think the competition around the rest of the NBA has got better. Brooklyn looks ridiculous right now, and they're doing it without James Harden. So another year down the road, uh, you don't want to kind of walk into a season with LeBron and Anthony Davis and feel like, well, we're, you know, we got a shot, kind of an outside chance looking in. You certainly don't want that to be the case. Let me play uh, something, too, that I thought was interesting. This is from Dennis Schroeder. Um, Dennis Schroeder was just kind of assessing his season as a whole with the Lakers. I think it was a get used to it season. Um, you know, playing with, uh, like I always say, top two players in the league. Um, you know, you got to adjust a little bit, but um, I think uh, it was okay, but I can do more. You know, you always can do more. You can um, work on your game to help the team, you know, get more wins. And um, I mean, hopefully next year um, I'm going to come out and, uh, you know, be comfortable in that situation um, where I was in this year and just, you know, play my game. Uh, that's what they want me to do and be efficient as possible. I listened to uh, a lot of these uh, interviews and a lot of them did kind of feel like there are players that maybe they will be back. Um, maybe they'll work their way back on this Lakers roster, but there, there's a lot of questions for the Lakers. Dennis Schroeder, obviously an unrestricted free agent. Andre Drummond will be an unrestricted free agent. Uh, Alex Caruso, a free agent. Montrez Harrell, player option. I mean, there's some, you know, some interesting pieces here that will uh, we'll still have to get figured out. All right, let me take a couple quick phone calls here before we get out of here. Uh, Corey in Irvine. Corey, thank you for calling in, bud. What's going on, Corey? Hey, how you doing? Good, man. Thank you. Yeah, so I, I honestly think that the reason why we lost is because of LeBron and Davis, not because of our bench. It was because of their health. When they played together, they were great. In game three, they won. You know, we were we were doing well. Mm-hmm. And in, even in the beginning of the season, we were doing well. And I think I don't care who you put on the roster, as long as those two stay healthy, we have a chance of winning a championship. Corey, Corey do you want to see, and the reason why, you know, this question comes up, you think this, this roster that we just had – um, you comfortable with throwing that same roster back out and and taking your chances, or do you think they got to make some tweaks? I I honestly think you know it goes back to you know you know Danny Green not making threes and that you know that finals. Mm-hmm. We always need great shooters. We need you know because they're going to be wide open, so we can't have enough great shooters. Schroeder, the only problem I had with Schroeder was when LeBron was out, when Davis was out, when he was the guy. He wasn't averaging 30 points. It was his team. He could take as many shots, and he wasn't aggressive. So I was watching and judging him when those guys were not in the game, when they were injured during the regular season, and he wasn't taking over. So I really think the key position is that point guard. Like you said, we get a Lowry. We get, we get a really good, aggressive point guard. And a vet, too. That's what I think. And a vet, too, Corey. Appreciate you calling in, right? Uh, a vet, too, somebody that's been in the league for a long time. Uh, has been through a ton of playoff battles, 10, 12 years in the league, whatever the case is. Um, let's just say we're going to have a lot of time to talk about this because on June 7th, uh, we're obviously outside of the Lakers season. 
Um, let me throw a quick couple plugs here as we come to a close on the show. If you miss any part of Lakers talk, ESPN app or on iTunes, you could catch the full two hours. Uh, we'll continue to do this, you know, obviously in the offseason, uh, Monday nights from 7 to 9. And then Travis and Sliwa show, which is on uh, 8.55, 9 a.m. in the morning to 11 a.m. So kind of another chance to react and talk Lakers basketball. So I'll be doing that tomorrow morning. Appreciate everybody that called in. Thank you to Steve Paulette. L.A., as always, have a great rest of your night.